0: It sounds like it might be a bit of work though.
1: Uh it's just a gherkin. I'm sure it, it, I'm sure it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's easy, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> with enough time.
0: Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics, from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I'm Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, I'm Al Nutilli. Hey, Al, how you doing? I'm doing good. Great. Doing good. Great. Um, and doing well. (laughs) Yeah, great. Um... As my my, uh, English teacher girlfriend would say, or likes to remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Exciting news, uh, this podcast, we actually have a sponsor. Uh, This episode is brought to you by php arch php architect and you can find them at phparch.com. arch.com uh, they are a publication that has been continuously published since 2002 uh, the php architect magazine is the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of php check out their website to find out more about magazine books training and upcoming conferences we'll speak more about that pretty soon so al let's just uh should we jump right into news and uh and the things that have been going on over the last week
1: Yeah, yeah, but just to say, I'm excited too about PHP Arc. I think uh, ever since a kid, I always loved those magazines coming out and you would turn the pages and find some code to try on the screen. Uh, Stupid stuff too back then where just write your name a thousand times across the screen. Yeah. Uh, So even though we have the day of the internet where you can just find this stuff whenever, wherever, it's just really neat to see uh, a monthly publication where they focus on certain topics and, and just help. Uh it just makes it fun. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cuz of that nostalgia. Yeah. Uh so I'm really glad to have them um you know do this.
0: Yeah, and it's worth noting I've I've been um reading them for a while now and uh you can do both the print and right. like a digital yeah. subscription as well, which yeah. I find useful actually. Yeah. Um,
1: I do the digital. But just the idea of packaging something up like that, it's, it's just an interesting concept as we move into an era of like daily blogs and daily reading. Yeah,
0: for sure. So. And I haven't been to their events
1: yet, but I think there's one coming up, right? Right, right. So the DC event is November 16th to the 20th. And again, I... I'm going to try and make it. I was about to click buy the other day. Uh, so everybody should know by now I hate traveling. Uh, but you said we could take the trains. So it actually might not be bad. I need yeah. to just do it. Yeah. Uh, and always whenever I go away, the basement floods and everything can go wrong. We can go wrong at my house. Right. Uh, and the computers never work. Yeah. But uh, November 16th to 20th, and, and there's some interesting topics um, like PHP in the cloud. We're dealing a lot with that. Um, the guy who does PHP Unit, made PHP Unit, is going to be doing it. Uh, I think, an all-day session on building testable extensions. Oh, awesome. Um, and then a lot of stuff on security, which we have been trying to, you know, focus on a lot more. Right. Um, Two-factor auth. And and yeah. Test, create, secure, repeat, just the concept of security in your workflow. Cool. And then PHP at Google, which will be interesting because, again, you'd think... Uh, you know, no one real uses PHP, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it's just a funny thing that gets thrown at us a lot as a, as a PHP developer. Yeah,
0: that's great. So you can find out more at world.phparch.com. And, of course, we'll include include that link uh, in our show notes. Um, but, yeah, we'll probably talk more about this as as it gets closer. Uh, yep. I think I'm going to try to make it as well. We'll see. I think the, the yeah. dates are a little better this time. There was another one in D.C., I think, recently, but I, I couldn't get it out there. Um Cool. Uh, so one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, I, it's kind of funny. I saw this. I don't. Know, <clears throat> there's this. There's a website called RemoteYear.co, Year uh, and it's a pretty cool concept for those of us who work remotely. Um, it's not cheap, uh, and actually, it's com, not co. I think I got the, I got <laughs> I the link noticed. wrong there. It's uh, RemoteYear.com, Year right. uh, and but it's really cool. Uh, and you can basically what it is is some someone has. Well, probably someone has just figured out a way to have their trip paid for by yeah. managing and organizing your trip, but basically, what it is is you work remotely for an entire year uh in twelve different cities in yeah. south, south- throughout South America Europe, and Asia, four cities in each um yeah. yeah like and just to give you an idea um you know like um you know Buenos Aires in Argentina is one Istanbul uh Istanbul Turkey uh and then Phnom Penh Cambodia which I've actually been there before and it's really awesome but there's there's many others but th- so it's cool yeah. there's like a monthly fee I can't remember off the top of my head what it is it's not it's not particularly cheap although it's not like out of this world um you know, I think it's like a 2 or 3000 dollars like down payment and then it's like yeah. I think it's 2 grand a month or something like that but it includes um, it includes um, many, if not all, of your expenses. Like you get your own room. There's a 24 hour work area that's available to everyone for like kind of common space area in each place. They take yeah. care of, you know. All, it includes your airfare. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, uh, but it it, it, it sounds awesome. really cool. Yeah, I re- yeah. like a, a month and a month in in a different place for all 12 months sounds awesome. Yeah, if um, I like traveling and being around people that much, I, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, well, I <laughs> figure they give true. you your own room, so like I could at least just be in there because yeah, I am kind yeah. of a. Know, yeah, yeah. All
1: right. No, it looks great. Looks great. Cool. Um. So another article that came up was things as uh things I was unprepared for as a lead developer. A uh, really interesting article. I think a comment at the end of the article though said this person seems more like a manager than a lead developer and i had to agree a little bit but some of the uh points in that article um uh way less developing was one of the things he realized and delegating was difficult and financial management hiring and firing yeah all these subjects that he had to tackle that maybe surprised him um culture is another good one
0: it's interesting though. i'm curious yeah so this is a, this is kind of a a longer article and i really enjoyed yep. it but on your on your note there al like about like kind of being, the, I, I'm curious what your just quick thoughts are on difference on like the difference between kind of a man, managerial yeah. position versus a lead developer. Cause I think, I mean, I think that's something that yeah. probably a lot of lead developers struggle with, if not yourself. I mean, how <laughs> do you, you know, like, what do yeah. you think about that?
1: It's yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know if I have a really good answer, except that with the way we're trying to structure scrum, Uh, as a lead developer, you're maybe, um, able to more, uh, easily delegate the responsibilities because there'll be three or four projects going on and I trust you or, or Andy or so and so to, to manage those particular ends of the project. Mm -hmm. But you know, in the end it, I have to deal with hiring, firing, or I have to deal with maybe motivation or culture or, or things. Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, so it's a funny line and it's, it can be a struggle to be like, what is a lead developer? Um, so for me, it means someone who gets to develop, but at the, and, and kind of lead away. I see it. Okay. It's Captain Picard. All right. <laughs> line. And, you know, he would sit at the table with all the people and talk about all the things going on the, on the ship. But in the end he had to say maybe, right. you know, but he would listen and he would take everybody's thoughts in and, and, and they would leave, lead their particular departments accordingly. Right. Um, but if the ship was going down or anything was going on bad, he, he had to take it on. Right. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Like it's cuz it's not it's not exactly clear to me like where the where the line falls in terms of yeah. like technical leadership versus yeah. kind of business and people leadership, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think different people, you know, I guess some folks are probably good at both, but it's it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like the front end back end developer co- economy too, right? It's like you would expect that that oh, yeah. person would be you know, you know, t- people who aren't in the business expect that like, "Oh, you're a developer, you rock at everything." <laughs> You know, <laughs> fix like, my freaking
1: computer. Right, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, though, as you as, as, as time gets less in life, you realize who cares if I'm good at something. I just want to find out what I want to do and focus on that, right? Like I might be able to plan and project manage and everything, but I don't want to. Mm. So it's just, you know, it, so my definition of a lead developer would focus more on that, de- developing, leading by example, uh, implementing libraries and things that the whole team can use, mm-hmm. uh, those type of things. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um. Uh-oh. Oh. Sublime text power user. Yeah. Oh no. <clears throat> You're going to the other side. I don't no, I haven't decided
0: yet. I mean I'm still using I'm still using PHP Storm for my everyday, but yeah. I I saw this. I I th- was doing the same thing. I actually think I looked at the same one. Oh dude, yeah. I mean it, yeah. it's a really cool guide that um yeah. that this guy yeah. put together, Wes uh Wes Boss and I mean kind of well known in the community, but he's got yeah. like uh, he's got the book, and then he's got uh, videos, about 20 or so videos that go along with it that show you how to just kind of really oh, ramp cool. up um, Sublime Text. Uh, so I just thought I'd mention it. I haven't decided to go that way yet because I'm really, I don't know, I'm honestly just getting comfortable and just starting to be a power user myself in PHP Storm. Just, so just not.
1: remember, it's not the editor or IDE that makes the programmer. Right? Right, right. So even though I get so tempted by these things, I'm, and 10 bucks... Like, every time I try it, I'm like, am I really making, uh, what's my real goal here? Right. right. It's to code. Uh, so, is this helping me? Like, every time I try to switch over to Linux again, it's like, what am I doing this for again? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm so tempted to. Uh, the speed. Like, why would we do it? Because it's fast. Yeah. Right? It's fast. Would yeah. it still be fast once you get all the plugins we want? That mm, That yeah. would be curious to find right. out. Cause uh, PHP Storm's biggest weakness is it's indexing every single thing, but I also enjoy that. Right. Um, you get a lot out so, of it. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise it can be really clean and fast and, um, uh, in lots of keyboard shortcuts. So it, I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence too, though. Like you, yeah. you're mentioning this stuff. Looks yeah. Tempting.
0: I assume we have some sublime, you know, some sublime users out there who listen to the podcast. So I figured I'd point it out because uh, I mean, I actually use sublime Text for a long time before I got yeah. into PHP Storm, and I didn't do a lot of this stuff. So,
1: yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I totally was li- li- trying that out like last week. Yeah, <laughs> but all right, one uh, other article that I saw was called Ghost Inspector. It's something I saw months and months and months ago, but came across it again somehow. Huh. And uh, it's something we've been talking about with one of our projects is to make testing easier by making this I. Uh, Javascript uh, widget that basically plugs into Chrome and watches the person as they click which could be scary But in this case, it's on purpose uh, and then tracks all that to make a Gherkin-based, or I don't want to say Gherkin. It makes a test for them to then submit back to the testing uh, Ghost Inspector framework. Hmm. So before you know it, um, you know you're writing tests by just clicking around the page. And yep. I link off to their site. but I also link off to a generator I was making because I'm like, yeah, this would be great. And again, it's just JavaScript that tracks your clicks, tracks what you're clicking, tracks your interactions, and then could spit out the Gherkin. And send it over to uh, API. That's cool. Do you it, know? Yeah. You know, so
0: like the stuff we've been doing in the past in our projects are mostly yeah. Bhat uh, related. Yeah. Is yeah. is uh, Ghost Inspector using Bhat as well? Do you know? Or I they, don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. They yeah. um, this is a SaaS uh, product, so they've got different price uh, pricing yeah. options and
1: it's cool. They could they could easily be translating the uh, Gherkin to um, I think uh, you know other things like cucumber or other ones um, that mm-hmm. work with JavaScript or, or Ruby. Yep. Uh, so I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah, definitely cool to check out. Um another thing I uh, wanted to just mention, I think actually so, so, at some point in the future we'll probably go uh delve a little deeper into this, but uh oh, yeah. the alpha version of Laravel Spark did come yeah. out. Um oh, yeah. and
1: Stouffer did uh he did a deep dive. He huh? did a
0: deep dive and it's pretty cool. I mean, you have to keep in mind that it's still it's in alpha. alpha. There's so no there's docs. You know, there's and yeah, the docs are
1: yeah, there are some, but it's not great.
0: And uh you well, know. There's no docs. Well there's no docs, but it's it's there's gotta no read
1: oh, it's gotta read me. You could. Dude, I I should have read this. I was playing with it earlier this yesterday or the day before, and um my only problem with it is um other than the lack of docs, which I know is gonna change, it's alpha like you're saying. Yeah. And uh is that I wonder if it's really meant for what we're trying to do internally, right? Yeah. Like is this meant for teams and and non um What's the word non uh, membership based
0: uh, applications? Well, it's membership based, but it's it's not. We're not necessarily looking for pay, like so. Yeah, you know, right, right, right. Um, so that that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that yet. Uh, you yeah. Know, but yeah, because it could it could save us. Uh, like, it, I guess it depends on how on how closely those things are coupled. Like, can we get yeah. rid of the membership well, stuff but still use all the yeah. basic you know team member based. Uh, permission yeah. models and stuff, you know.
1: I moved all the foundation work I did on a recent project into a team-based install of Laravel. hmm So within the next few days, I'll show you guys what I think we could use. And it's a good combination of Blade and Angular instead of Vue uh, to to do, I think, all of this, including GitHub login that uh, pick, picks up what organization you're a part of. hmm So then we can have just GitHub login and org-based access. So if you're not part of the particular org who shall not be named, uh, you don't get login. Oh, interesting. So you see it's like automatic user building. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, plus our typical stuff that we have for uh, single sign-on. Right. So, I mean, my point is, like, I was messing with this, and I'm like, in the end, you know, what is it we really need? Yeah, you
0: know? I'm not sure this is for our everyday client. I, honestly, I know. this is. I
1: think this is awesome. <clears throat>
0: yeah, it's more for like our product ideas yeah. that are like yeah. you know we we just need to get overall. something there, or we've got a client who's not like got a yeah. huge budget.
1: No, I'm gonna check this out. I I should. I wish I read this before I started digging around because I spent a couple hours just messing around and getting nowhere. Yeah, and, and realizing how much I miss the docs. Right, the docs are key. Yeah. Um. All right, cool. So let's see. Um, there was another article called why I wouldn't use rails for a new company. And it's definitely not bagging on rails. Um, it's just an interesting look at things. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, if you want to, one of the quotes is if you want to future proof your web application, you have to make a bet on what engineers will want to use in three years. It's an interesting quote and an interesting look at how to start now and, and think ahead, yeah. but not too far ahead. I wonder though. Like, <clears throat> I mean, it was definitely worth a read. It's an interesting
0: read, but I'm not sure I buy into all of it that much. Like, it's it is an interesting perspective, but it's more of like a developer's perspective as opposed to a business perspective in my mind. Yeah. I, I just yeah. have, and maybe I just haven't thought of it that that way before. It could be, it could be totally valid. I just, to me, it's kind of like I've never thought about building an app based on. Where I thought developers might want to be in four years, uh, like because it's not—he's not even saying like it's not—it's not like Rails isn't going to be supported in four years. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And, no, it's not that. it's interesting. it's like it's like you want to, you know, it's yeah, it's funny. I mean, you want to keep you want developers who are excited about their job, and if they're working on Cobalt, they might not be that excited, right? Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah. So you know, not that Rails is anywhere close to that, but my point is like. Applications tend to be refactored maybe every few years, so um you can kind of i don't know it's yeah, I guess it could go either way, yeah
0: no, it is interesting though, and he makes some valid points and some things he actually gives some statistics and some th- some things that I just didn't know about things that are trending like um yeah. I mean you probably could have guessed right like Node.js is is yeah. like the fastest growing uh uh you know backend framework right now um yeah. And stuff like that. So I,
1: I put the PHP part to the query there to see. I, I don't know if you saw that. No, the chart. I didn't. But that, that I put in the Google Doc. Oh, okay. Uh, just so you can still see where PHP plays, because they all forget about PHP. Yeah. It's uh, It's silly how how kind of uh, <laughs> how much <laughs> PHP is like ignored ugly stepchild.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. So so yeah, it was a good article though. Uh, it, it, in some ways, it's yeah. just Interesting. Cool. All right. Next, uh, I'll read this one because I don't know if you got to read it, but Active Record and the Beauty Lost in Translation. And this is from Matthew Machuga, who I'm also going to put a link down to uh, one of his uh, uh, PHP object-oriented programming courses he taught that I totally was one of those courses that actually got me to get OO. Oh, cool. Uh, So he's a great – I thought he was a great teacher, uh, really good guy. Uh, He just did a podcast with uh, Adam Watham as well, so a good – Good, good overall, uh, you know, person to to read about and, and see what they're up to. Uh, so this article just goes over. Uh, how active record sometimes gets put down and in, and in, in why it shouldn't be, uh, in in and when and not to use it too, and in, in in all these things to consider.
0: Yeah, no, this was really good, and I did get a chance to read it, and but honestly, I I haven't given much consideration to like active record versus data mapper
1: patterns, <laughs> know. you know. Um, well whenever I hear the, I don't even <clears throat> want to say names, but they talk about DDD, and I'm like, this is so abstract. It's like yeah. you have to be basically look working for someone with just tons of money that they want to leak out. Like, it seems so abstract that you're not building something without building 20 other somethings relative to abstract structures. Right. It's like, you know, and then you get to their their real needs. Like, we need a product.
0: Right. I don't know. Well, just, yeah, there's so many things that it depends on. It's, it's like anything that you're using patterns for. And I think, yeah. you know, we're about to dig into this a little more, actually, in, in our main yeah. topic. But it's just kind of like there's, you know, there's a difference between kind of um, you know the the kind of like theoretical side of things, and then, rea- yeah. and then reality, right? And uh, so I, I sense a little bit of that here too, right? Like active record is really hard to test, and like <laughs> it, you know it 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 does it doesn't do as well as for separation of concerns as data mapper, yeah. you know. But data mapper is like it's a little more powerful, Security, but it's like yeah, yeah but it's like her, harder. Yeah. It, it's 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 not as quick to use. Like you definitely have to like yeah. do some manual stuff and do some templating and
1: like. You know. and, he, and he shows it has its place. But I just think it's interesting that uh, we, we do so well with Eloquent. It's just yeah. like someone uh, uh, just recently was telling me he started using Eloquent over his SQL queries. I'm like, he's just blown away, you know? Yeah. Like, what was I doing before, right?
0: Well, and for me, it's like one of those things where it's like, if it's not broken, don't fix it yet. Yeah. Like it, I'm like, so what? happy I
1: haven't written a SQL query since my my uh, other days. Yeah. I yeah. won't mention them. <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, so latest readings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm the only one that reads. Uh, so the, the Agile Estimating and Planning book is going awesome. Uh, he had a, a chapter on making a buffer for a project. Uh, again, like I say, over and over, code as a coder, we, we code in the context of the expectations we set up for the client. And if we build false expectations, we're going to code either under pressure or we're going to code in 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 somewhat of a of a of I i don't want to say i'll say it like we code then in somewhat of a lie and that we made this huge buffer just to save us from having to deal with maybe some better uh, precision right mm-hmm. so in order to be fair to, to myself as a coder and to the use the client I, I wanted to find a good way to do this stuff so this was an interesting approach to making a buffer that's what that chapter for and how you can look at the the particular, how you can quote ranges to each user story and take those ranges, ranges with the right math to make the buffer. Really interesting math. Wow. And really interesting way to approach quoting. That's cool. So And it seems, this guy seems experienced. Like, it's not just like, oh, you know, I had this idea. Yeah.
0: I'm excited so. to see how that plays out in our kind of day-to-day, sprint-to-sprint Yeah. life over, I mean, yeah. I think it's going to take a little while. You know, it could be six months before we really yeah. are seeing great
1: results. But Well, yeah, it helps me, but in my day-to-day working uh, with other product owners, but you're right. Uh, The other thing, too, is uh, PHP Arc has a lot of books, so I'm going to start grabbing those some more, and and one of them is Functional Programming. You and I were doing one of the books Mm -hmm. on uh, the PHP certification, which we just should wrap up. Yeah. Uh, So that looked good, too, Functional Programming in PHP. It would be interesting to see why people are so passionate about it and and how it can work in PHP. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Cool.
0: Um, well, let's go ahead and jump into our main topic and, um, I think, you know, I'll let you mostly introduce it, Al, if you want, okay. but, but, um, cool. yeah, the, um, so what we're going to talk about though is just, and I'll hand it off to Al, is kind of the idea of, um, uh, a, a software writer. And this is something that kind of, uh, the DHH talked about fairly recently within the last year, uh, at RailsConf, I think. Is that right? 2014. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, one thing I want from this podcast is for it to be like a meta podcast, there's so much good stuff out there that if we take time to digest it more, uh, we can then get even more out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, like, you know, looking at this old video, it, there's so much there. And it's one of those things we talked about a while back, like, what are we, software engineers? You know, what does that really mean? What is our title? Right. And one of the things he, he talks about in this book is like, I'm sorry, in this video is that, you know what seems to be uh, an abstract conversation of trying to figure out a particular English book and what the topic was that the writer was going at, in some ways, we have a lot in common with, and we don't have as much in common with as we think about when we think about computer scientists. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, we might be better to think of ourselves as software writers. And in doing so, we'll stop trying to overcomplicate ourselves with our computer science hat on and in and, and, and keep our code more readable, and, and with that in mind, and, and and that was one of the big takeaways for me is like, you know, you, you, we're not just because we're developers or writing code, it doesn't mean we're computer scientists, right? It doesn't mean that stuff has to interest us. So yeah,
0: that's really interesting, and I think yeah. like the problem with that, right, is like it's almost like false uh, false expectations. I think I think you know yep. I think like yeah. it sets you up. So so you know if you think of yourself. Uh, as an engineer, right in in, in the in the sense of, um, I guess, kind of in the educational sense or the academic sense, right? Like if you're if you have a computer science degree and you're an engineer, you know, as an engineer, you're really a scientist, and you're taught to think in very specific ways according to science and the scientific method. Um, and it's really helpful for things that are real and concrete in the world. So yeah. um you know and there's actually I mean there's there's place for that, right? I mean he he makes the point that like yeah. that like you know Linus who is working on <laughs> you know
1: the core and then he you know, shows like, Linus yeah. with the middle finger. Right. Like, right. Awesome. You
0: know, you <laughs> know, you're, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with things that are kind of on, yeah. on such a low level yeah. Then, like, yes, like it's all, yeah. you know, it's all math. And like these people are doing yeah. like really complicated stuff, like probably way more complicated than we can, or maybe even want to do. Um, yeah. but the, our day to day lives and the things that we do as, you know, as developers, as software writers, um, it's not, it's really not that, but we're holding ourselves to this kind of, um, you know, we're holding ourselves to this idea that, that things are fixed, that like, if, you know, with math, it's like math right. is, 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 is in many ways, uh, like concrete, you know, it's like, you know, two plus two is four. There's no other, like that is real. That is something that. Well, zero times five. Why is it zero? Wow. Anyways, but <laughs> keep going. <laughs> right, um, but, but math is something that is kind of provable. It's it's yeah. it's lo- it's completely logical and provable. Yeah. And you know you can work in a way where you know you you have a hypothesis, uh, you test against that hypothesis, and you're right or wrong, yeah. and, and it and and then you. You ver- you you know and then you adjust yeah. and that right or wrong is fairly concrete. I mean, it's not always like a hundred percent because yeah. there are some things we don't know, but it's very yeah. close. You know, math is as close as you can get as kind of like uh, black and white, yeah. yes or no, true or false kind of thing. And uh, and so I think one of the arguments he's making is that we are approaching our jobs in that way. The problem is that the things that we the things that we're doing in writing our software not only that, but the influences that others are giving us are, you know, similar to a French novel. Uh, It's completely interpretive. It's like, you know, you, you get some software that I wrote and uh, while, while it's, while it's logical, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily mathematical, you know, because we're talking about like data structures and business, uh, business needs and kind of domain, domain driven development where we're, you know, we're, we're architecting based on business and 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 we're, we're trying to use language and, and uh, make sure that the software aligns as closely as possible to the actual use case. Um, and that's not something that's like a mathematical equation that you give it to five yeah. different developers and they're going to come up with the same result. Uh, and in fact, yeah. they aren't going to come up with the same result. They're well, going to come up with five also, different results and none yeah. of them are going to be wrong per se, right? And we
1: did this in some of the first projects. Like I'm like, hey, with every controller, make a repository or a service and with every service make a repository and then have the repository talk, repository talk to the model and it's like so hard to read all that it's right like, why are we doing that right? right so it's just it's just uh it's challenging all these things that are like you know um where it comes down to like can i read this if i come back in six months what's more readable mm-hmm. uh and it's so it's so nice and simple it's like Um, we don't have to obsess over how thin is our controller, but at at the same time, you don't want to, you know, have repeat, repeat, you want to pull out some stuff that shows itself to be needed in some other place later on. Right. You know, um, it's, it's such a, it's so, it's so refreshing that you can look at code and, and not worry so much about what pattern you're forgetting, but can I read this? Right. Um, yeah, and
0: keeping it simple, and you know, using abstractions or patterns when they are actually needed, but not as yeah. a solution to just like, oh, sprinkle on. You know, uh, he gave, he gave the kind of example of like, you know, when you were, if you were to write a book, you know, you would, you know, you're solving a problem essentially. It's the same thing. You're writing a book, cha- a chapter in a book, yeah. or you're solving, you know, you're solving some software problem. And you know, at, as I don't know about you, well, actually, I do know about you, Alan. Both you yeah. and I, uh, you know, we. Develop and I think this is pretty normal. Like you, you yeah. don't, you don't like engineer everything on paper and then yeah. and then write the code. You, it's kind of a fluid process, right? And so yeah. you, what you have the first time you get something that actually works, uh, is a first draft. It's just like the first draft yep. of of yep. a chapter of a book you wrote. Um, yep. And so you know the expectation is that it's not. It's actually not perfect. There's probably a lot of stuff that's wrong with it and. Uh, we as developers need to kind of treat that as a draft and uh, go through it with that eye for simplicity and clarity yeah. um, as opposed and that, to... And that's
1: where a test could pay off because it's like you'll have this like, controller with you know, a, a few if statements and loops, right? And everything's working great, but you're scared to, to, to kind of clean it up a little. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And that's where a test could pay off. You know, unless you're doing something really simple, like now I'm going to pull this for each loop and, and just call it a nice method name that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, something that I was, uh, you know, um, DHH brought up and I I understood his points, but I was kind of, I haven't fully sunk in yet. I'm curious what your perspective yeah. is. Like he really railed against, um, you know, TDD. Uh, yeah, and especially yeah. in kind of like the formal sense. I don't know, yeah. maybe you can kind of... So,
1: But he quotes Kent Beck, and Kent Beck said, test as little as possible to reach a given level of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's going against the TD mantra of like, test every single thing before you do anything and make everything so small that it can be tested in like perfect isolation. Like, there's this extreme TDD that I think he's pointing at, but he's also, you know, like... I'll more than happily open up PHP unit and crank away to just get a sense of how this is working. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe I'll keep that test if it still satisfies. And he talks about this too. And we're struggling with this, like building the world inside of that test means that you actually know that this thing is working right. Mm-hmm. Versus like everything's in such isolation that, you know, that little part works, but you don't know if they're all going to work together. Right. right. So it's like finding that like, you know, you can, so that's where I think he's really trying to say is it's, it's, it's not about testing every little thing. And TDD is basically being what it is. It's like, write some tests, have it fail, write some code, have it pass. I think he's trying to say, step back and just, you know, keep it more simple and and don't make your code uh, relative. Like if your code is relative to Uh, TDD, then it might not be easy to read. Right. Right. And and now we have some things that he talked about. Ruby has, it's like, I can now stick inside that controller, a a model request. I can say user all, and that can be tested. It's a facade. I can, I can take it out of there. Right. Mm -hmm. So we still get the readability and just by chance, because we're using good tech, we get testability. Right. So you know it it's just not always doing td and always writing your code so it's perfectly testable right but making it so it's perfectly readable right and then when you are testing you're not so focused on isolation that you forget to to really get a sense of like are these pieces really working well together yeah it's interesting i mean
0: if i he didn't take questions at this conference but <clears throat> had he and, and had i been yeah, there um you know one of the questions i would have cuz I, I mean i can see that especially if i'm like if i'm just cranking away on a project like if yeah. it, you know like i it totally makes sense cuz i'm kind of like you know uh i'm kind of deciding what is the appropriate level of testing uh for yeah. the given context right yeah. um yeah. but you know like in a situation like ours or like his i mean he he runs a large team of developers yeah. How yeah. do you set, you know, how do you set reasonable expectations for the team because if everyone's just kind of doing what they think is right? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know how that plays out
1: in the, in the that's long run, interesting. you know? No, I mean it's it's a good point. I mean, if we're doing code reviews for each other uh, at short iterations and we can read the code and see that's doing it. Right. Um but that, there's another point to that. It's like, well, hey, you know, you were supposed to do these three user stories. Um, are they still working? Did you really get them done? Do I really want to click around and find out or do I want to just run that one B hat or PHP unit test to find it out? Right. So there are some pros and cons to all of the, the, the testing side, but you know, maybe by writing just a BHP. I would love to get PHP unit, which is doing great right now at Laravel and the integrated testing mm-hmm. to be able to take my Gherkin syntax, which is a user story and, and just run that. Hmm. Behat does that, but it's a little bit, I, I find Behat to be sometimes slow. Um, I would just love to translate a Gherkin to the, to the Laravel PHP That would be unit. interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, because it, it's so fast. Yeah, it sounds like it might be a bit of work though. Uh, it's just a gherkin. I'm sure, I'm sure it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's easy, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. With enough time. Um, so, uh, in, in one thing he also said is like, there is no recipe, there's no diet book, there is no simple hard metric to make your code good or you a good coder. He just said, you know, you get there by reading a lot of software and writing a lot of software. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's It's experience. Yeah. The 10,000 hour rule. But, um, one thing I can say from experience though is is um you can code for ten years but only get one year's worth of experience coding if you're coding in 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 getting in, in not if you're just stuck in a circle of of, of um your code. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really can't emphasize enough like read other people's code, read your frameworks code, read some books on it. He and others will list off plenty of books to read. Yeah to just remind you of different ways of thinking. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and he said something that really resonated uh, resonated with me as well just to, uh, um cuz I'm a photographer and Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like uh people who who've done photography or or enjoy photography just in yeah. kind of their personal lives uh kind of like pro amateur or or even professional yeah. Um, you develop an eye not only for composition um, and kind of balance and things like that when you're composing the image, but also like post processing. You know, you can you can kind of you learn over time to be able to just tell very quickly that yeah. like the color balance is off, or the mid-tone contrast yeah. is not right, and, and you know, or the, you know, the image is washed out, or you know, those yeah. types of things. And it's like when when you first start. Uh, it 's really hard to tell because you know the picture yeah. kind of looks right or whatever, uh, but as you as you do it more and more it, 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 you know just based on your experience, your mind sees these patterns um, yeah. you know and that happens with code too, and I can see that happening with me over time. Um, yeah. The more I do this, the clearer it becomes. Like you know, it, it just it's all it's actually almost visceral. Like I'll be yeah. writing uh, a, a new class, and I'll I'll get to something where like I've been there before, and I've seen the pitfalls of that, and I'll kind of immediately feel like okay, I've got to you know I need to abstract this, or like I'm doing too much here, I you know yeah. like that kind of stuff,
1: or I'm I'm not, or I'm complicating it right too much. exactly exactly. Um, Maybe this is another uh, pro uh, for uh, code reviews. I mean, by doing those code reviews every day, we're reading more code. Oh, yeah. In uh, code exploration, like, I'll just dig around, like, oh, this is how he does this? Man, this yeah. is awesome. No. You know?
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I want to ask you about, Alice. what is... So he talks a lot about clarity, right? Like, to to me, I want to make sure I understand, like, what is clarity? Like, what is it to you?
1: Uh, oh, um... Like, is I mean, like overall, I like I think my my view of the main goal here is: can you come back in six months and read what is this? Like, I post a link to my article here. It's like you know, it's simple stuff. Like you'll have an if statement that says if this and this, oh, and this, then do this. It's like well, in six months. I don't want to have to read that. I want to. Not try and remember and, and build this world again in my head, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So clarity to me is like, it should read like a book and it should be a method there that says, you know, if all these things, three things are true, whatever they are, it could be very clear. Like, you know, if this user is admin or is an owner or, you know, it's a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. then return true, like make that method so long. So clarity to me is like, I can come back to this code and it should read like a book. Yeah. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah, so eliminating a lot of those things. that, But that takes a moment to step back because you're so engrossed and the world is in your head that you can read that line easily. Yeah, there was a really good quote. I'm not going to be able to get it um, off the top of my head right now, but it was like Mark Twain. uh, It was something along the lines of like, um, uh, I didn't. I didn't have enough. To, yeah. Sorry, this is so long. I didn't have enough time to make it shorter.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly that's it. Uh, you know, which is perfect. It's like yeah. you know, making something awesome. simple, making something clear yeah. is it. That is the art. You know, it's it it, yeah. it, it is
1: the art. But uh, don't get obsessed though. Like uh, we, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying. We both get it, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean you're making your variables one letter long and it doesn't mean you're, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a funny line between obsessing over and over-optimizing versus just making it nice and, and simple. Well, and right.
0: And it yeah. has to be meaningful to others too, though. It, mean, yeah, it means absolutely exactly. nothing if I'm the only one that understands it.
1: Or you broke it up into like that one project where it was like 20 controllers for one angular page. Right. It's like, Oh, I can't read this. <laughs> right. Everything needs something else, and then everything's. it was like, oh my gosh. Right. It makes it mi- miserable. Really, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, so great, great listening. And we have so many more of these that we're going to do uh, where we can just, you know, share in these like uh, learning experiences yeah. and, 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 you know, and digest them further. This was a really good one, though. I really, yeah, he's I really ass, enjoyed it, man. Yeah. The HH shot. Uh, he's funny, Mr., you know, uh, you know, he's obviously achieved a, a good uh, career of success, but you know, he's just so uh, simple. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't hold back. Yeah. And he's very
0: opinionated.
1: Well, and yeah. And he doesn't, yeah. He's, and he doesn't, like, um, he doesn't uh, soften it up. Right.
0: Right. But he's got facts, too, to dish out. So it was good. Yeah. I, you yeah. Know,
1: it was good. And he does, he's not stupid. Like, he's like, you know, he really respects Kent Beck and these other people. Right. He just thinks, you know, uh we just need to make sure we're not over overthinking it. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. The most profound thing to me was just like thinking about the fact that like we're not all computer scientists. Like that's yes, not what that we're was doing. Awesome. Like, you know.
1: We're software writers. Right. You know. Like I finally think there's a title I get.
0: Yeah. For sure. So.
1: All, all right. right. that was good yeah Uh, so thanks again to PHP Architect for for sponsoring us and uh, we'll be back next week and uh, thanks for listening thank you and uh, be sure if you have some time to check us out
0: on iTunes and give us a rating Twitter Um, Twitter yep and uh, we'll see you next time